0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Mindshare Radio Podcast. My name is Kevin Wheel, and as always, it's so great to have you with me. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about how to reduce your price without offering a discount, and... This is a fun topic for me because it um, it comes up every so often. Someone is looking for a lower price, maybe for some reason, either their business is too small or not at the stage where they can afford to hire you or some other reason where cash is a factor and you need to consider whether you're going to reduce your prices or not. So I'm going to walk you through a few different examples of when it might be okay to reduce your price and what to do in those cases uh, in place of, of that money. So, I'll give you kind of yeah. I'll start off with a couple of examples. One of them would be obviously to remove scope, and I think this is probably the most common way to uh, to manage a, a reduction of price. So if someone says, "Hey, is that the best price you can do?" First of all, that's a very common negotiating question. So just watch for it. Uh, being a being in the co working world, for example, as a consultant, uh, a lot of them are, are a lot of the folks I work with are, are brokers, real estate agents, and negotiation is part of the the identity of that world. Uh, and you know oftentimes they negotiate with with their prospects for their for their co-working spaces as well so negotiation is very much a thing whereas what I work how I work is my prices are a product they are a fixed fee you can afford them or not otherwise if you can't then then we're in the custom engagement um, tier and any custom engagement by virtue of it being custom is it comes with a custom price tag and that's usually more profitable for me so I don't do custom work, I don't do custom engagements without it being a better situation for me net-net than one of my off-the-shelf products. And it's the same way if you're gonna get a suit. If you got a custom suit, it's obviously gonna cost you, typically gonna cost you, depending on you know, where you get it, uh, more than than uh, that same suit would be if you just bought it off the shelf, obviously, because there's a lot more human intervention and customization and, and labor and other things and value. At the end of the day, it's a better quality Fitting suit for you, and that can be applied to dresses. That can be applied to uh, anything you name it. So, um, so something kind of has to give. You typically when you're when you're thinking about reducing your prices. So, by virtue of of a of a price request or a price reduction, it's going to be a custom engagement. the The, the first way you want to look at it is saying, okay, well, what what first of all, what are your goals, and what can we remove from the scope while still helping you achieve that goal? So it may take longer you know, I use Hawaii as an example a lot cause the analogy sort of works for me. But if you're trying to get to Hawaii, we can take a train, we can walk, we can ride a bike or we can fly. And even if we flew, we can take a, uh, a private jet or we can take a, uh, a commercial airliner or whatever the case is. So what, what, what means of transport are we going to get there? We're still going to get there. That's still the outcome we're aiming for. That's still the thing. However, it may take us a lot longer. There might be more work for you to do. There might be more time involvement. Um, it might be less comfortable. Like there's a whole bunch of factors that could go into it. As long as you're still focused on getting to Hawaii and you actually can help your clients get there with whatever you propose, which is the main thing. It's not about shipping deliverables or shipping tasks or line items on on an invoice. It's about getting your clients to a business result. First and foremost, always, that's the main thing. So what are you gonna do to remove the scope to keep the prices lower while still allowing them to reach their destination? So that's kind of the main thing. So what, what, what are some examples of that? Well, if you refer back to episode number 65, I talked about a few of the kind of levers of value. I also talked about downselling and, and different you know scenarios, but one of them was around the levers of value. And that's things like basically what are those what are the components that you can play with such that you can impact the the, the value of your services like we talked about speed and, and uh, comfort and all those things so for examples of that might be and, and in my cases are you know who has access to you so in sometimes some cases my lower price offers they it's a one-to-one coaching program so the entire organization does not have access to me uh, other middle tiers might be the owner plus the the marketing team and then other teams other higher level things might be the owners the executives cuz sometimes other executives from other departments I'm collaborating with them whether that's sales teams uh, finance what have you um, who do i collaborate with basically or even like third party suppliers will i will i get on calls with third party suppliers or do i interface with you the one person and it's your job to interface with them and then come ask me if you've got any questions so who has access to you is a, is a factor that does determine and impact the scope, determines the amount of work you have to do, determines the amount of value you create. Um, so there's a bunch of factors there. The other one might be things like frequency of calls. So how often are we speaking or how frequency of, of interaction um, are we speaking? Is it unlimited? Is it fixed to certain times, to certain days, to certain you know uh, number of calls per week or hours? Obviously, I don't want you to do anything based on hours, but you know that's a factor. So what is the frequency of our communication Another one might be the medium of contact. So Slack versus email versus phone, for example, are there, um, you know, oftentimes if it's a lower price thing, I'll just say you can, we can have our call and then you can DM me in Slack or, or in a group class Slack setting, you can ask me questions. That allows me to just keep com- conversations light and in Slack and I don't get, you know, buried under long CC emails and, and threads and what do you thinks and that kind of thing. It's, it's kind of contained and, and the question has to be formulated and answered on that platform, which I kind of like. It does reduce the amount of overhead for me. Uh, other things like deliverables, so, or not. Some cases there might be deliverables, some cases there won't be. I typically don't do deliverables. Um, I, help, I help clients, we will collaborate on deliverables mo- most times. So that will impact price and maybe you remove a deliverable if you, if you do those in the first place. And, um, you know, that's another factor. And then any additional like content or bonuses that you may have, um, you know, those are all kind of things, you know, for example, I, in the coworking world, I give access to my, my coworking courses, my membership, all those other kind of resources that I have that all comes with my consulting services. And there was one other thing that I can't remember. Um, Maybe you do things like what what will you do or what won't you do like, you know, um, training versus. Um versus, uh, I don't know, like oversight or, or strategy kind of thing, like the sort of different things. If you're going to sit and teach someone how to use Microsoft word, that's going to be different than if you're going to be focused on the company-wide strategy. So just the topics that you cover as well. And then I think lastly would be one, like, um, whether they've, whether they have access to your, uh, whether they have access to your Rolodex or, or, um, network of people to do implementation, like those are all factors that that uh, that they can consider as well. So those are the levers of value. And oftentimes the first, the first thing is okay, what can we remove from scope while still getting to a destination? So episode 65 has a little bit more on that as well if you want to kind of go into that a little deeper, but I'll keep moving. So another way um, is to, another way of kind of managing your scope that I didn't talk about in the seven examples above uh, are to, is to elongate timelines or or and and or any combination of these things. But elongating your timelines might be another example. So I recently did this. I just won a, a deal recently. Uh, my typical engagement for a pre-launch coworking space is around $4,500 per month US. And that goes for six months. And that's because we're building everything from scratch. So just take note that, you know, just because they're pre-revenue doesn't mean that I have to charge $100 a month. I still have to, I still have to really think about the value that I'm able to create. And the right clients will, will come around and pay for that value and the wrong ones won't. So um, $4,500 a month was the thing. It's typically a six month engagement. I think that was $27,000. And what I said was, okay, instead of six months, we'll do it over eight months. We have a little more time. We're still You're still well advanced of your launch date. That gives you a little more time to get things done. You don't have to rush, you don't have to. It's not all hands on deck. You don't have anyone hired yet, so it's gonna be the business owner anyway. Um, so what that did is, it it reduced the amount of call. We also reduced the number of calls. So we did, you know, every other week calls as opposed to weekly calls, which was in the original scope. And what that did was it allowed me to extend the the, the duration by 25%. So it's a little longer. Uh, however, I was able to reduce the, the fixed like deep dive calls by 50%. Um, so meaning that's a highly, it's a more profitable technically on a per unit of energy and time basis. So that's a better situation for me. It also produces less stress overall and uh, less urgency, less disruption, frankly, because all those things, urgency and, and stress uh, and and uh, those kinds of things really do, in the speed you're operating at, especially if you're involved with suppliers, which, which I would be like web designers and graphic designers and all kinds of stuff, it reduces that, um, that kind of a mental overhead, which does have an impact on your business, but you know, it does take away from your focus, which which does have a cost as well at the end of the day. So it reduces the stress load on that. And uh, yeah, it it actually is the same amount of money for me, less stressful overall, a little bit longer engagement to recoup that 27,000. However, I'll be speaking with them a little less frequently and it'll be a little more calm and organized. So I think that's gonna be a win-win for both of us. And that was what I landed on with very little uh, need for negotiation. Um so you know those are those are the big ways to play with reduction of scope so just think removing things from scope elongating your timelines and in this case this was my favorite one I also did reduce a little part of the scope which which was just access like we talked about in terms of how often we speak um the last thing of course is that you can negotiate for other benefits to you financial or otherwise in exchange for a reduced cost so maybe maybe someone can't afford to work with you but maybe you can, um, there's a bunch of things. So for example, you could, you could ask them, well, look, uh, we'll do a case study for this. This is a new service of mine. I'm willing to reduce my price. If you're willing to do a, a case study and really get into the weeds on the results. So that's something I can do for you. I'll also ask for a testimonial. So if you get value from this and, and it's useful, uh, I'll ask for a testimonial with your name on it and maybe even attaching your logo to it, which will help you, both of those things will help you win business later on. So that's sort of like creating an asset out of that. Uh, it also helps you get constructive. Uh, you also you also may ask to get constructive feedback on your process. So this is particularly good for beta programs. Uh, I do this, for example, when rolling out new group coaching programs or um, new memberships or or even services, consulting services at large. Especially if I haven't done it for a target market before. So uh, getting that feedback, getting the case studies, getting the testimonials is is the thing that they're paying for uh, to offset the reduced or. Completely eliminated costs. Sometimes you can do it for zero, and then obviously you need to have a good return on that for you. Other examples of this might be, you know, getting their services in kind. So let's say you were working for, you know, a plumber, and you said, well, I can reduce my price on here, but I want to build up credit, and then I want to be able to redo my plumbing system at the end of the year or something, uh, or replace something, whatever. Uh, that would be an example of an in-kind kind of offsetting, and. Uh, now, yeah, there are taxable implications of that. I don't want to get into it, but there may be something there as well. Um, we're uh, furls, so that would be another example. So if you know you can't pay me the full amount, but do you know five or 10 other people you can refer me to or three to five other business owners in your in your situation that would that could refer me? Because that also works as in kind. You might even say, if you're able to successfully refer me to someone else on a retainer, I reduce your fees by 30% or something. Don't typically, I don't personally do this, but I've heard it working for people as well or offering a month or two for free. I've, I've actually given people a month free of services before in retrospect, with, so I didn't promise them that in advance. They gave me a referral and I just said, I'm gonna waive uh, one of your month's fees and that, that was just, it felt right for me at the time for that client. Uh, I think they've referred me to a bunch of people as well, so it was the least I could do. Um, so referrals, services in kind, uh, we've talked about case studies, testimonials, we've talked about um, getting feedback on your services. Other examples might be like access to an audience. So I've done some pro bono consultant consulting for you know industry associations in the past and that has resulted in me doing webinars and getting more exposure to their audience and getting built in credibility as well. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of other factors that can really benefit you that will help offset the fees that you charge. So best thing I can say is make sure that it's a win-win for everybody. Um, I've heard people say you know, free or expensive, like full price or free and, and not really doing discounts. Um, there's ways to kind of manage it without giving a discount. I don't believe you should just strictly discount your, your time or your, your expertise, uh, without, without a very good sort of reason to do so. If the value isn't there, you can kind of create a custom proposal around the value if that helps. But at the end of the day, you have to charge what you're worth. And, um, yeah, there are a lot of other ways to play other ways to play with the scope, time, you know, uh, access benefits in order to create a customized proposal. That's a win-win for both you and your clients. But uh, yeah, the worst thing you could do is just discount your time. I think it was uh, Chris Doe. He kind of says it's not your it's not your job to subsidize your client's business. So uh, if people can't afford you, um, it might be a matter of priorities more than a matter of money. And uh, you know, and you shouldn't discount yourself just to make that work. Uh, you know, unless you really want to. And of course, you know, it's your business. You do what you want. So I'll leave you with that. I just mostly wanted to tell you the story about the kind of more elongated timeline because uh, it is a good. It could be a good strategy for you to employ, uh, especially if you reduce scope or take some other meaningful things away. Like I, I optimize for low stress, uh, calm, smooth and steady operating in terms of me, but um, you know, you may want to do things differently. So I hope this hope this helps you. Uh, really try not to just discount straight up your prices. Everything should, the first question should be, what should we remove from the scope while still getting you to the outcome that you want? And maybe even I used to, when I did value-based kind of consulting and value-based fees, I would give three options that, and I'd basically say, here's the outcome you're looking for, we can grow your business. It's gonna look like this, this or this, where like you've got access to me once a month or the whole team or whatever. And then that can really help create like a a series of options to put into your proposals. Now I do productized consulting, both work really well. Uh, I'll go back and I'll talk about, you know, options, consulting, uh, options, pricing, and that kind of thing can work really well for you as well and allows you to sell on value, learn that from, Uh, Alan Weiss primarily and reading his book, Value-Based Fees. So if you haven't read that book and you're new to consulting, or even if you're not new to consulting and you've you've been doing this a while, uh, that book is um, frankly, I think one of my favorite uh, value-based fees kind of approaches. So I'll leave that with you for the day. And uh, if you've got any feedback or questions or comments, leave them in the community um, at mindshare.fm. Otherwise I will talk to you again soon. Bye for now.